Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MLB Network's Greg Amzinger, a product of the Lindenwood University, a native of St. Louis, huge Cardinal fan, joins us as he does Thursday mornings on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm still fired up after yesterday's game. I was on the air right afterwards with Al Leiter, Yonder Alonso, and we were kind of getting after it. Uh, three different takes on what went down, and uh, you know, it, it's a it's a polarizing topic. A lot of different angles we could go, but. Uh, it's what everyone seems to be talking about right now. Okay, Greg. Well, we want to hear your take after the Cardinals and Mets game and that uh, the benches clearing incident. What was your observation of what went down? Well, look, I can't blame Nolan Arenado. You, your career can end. You, your season can end. You're off to the best start uh, that you've ever had in your, in my opinion, Hall of Fame highway career. He's on the highway to go to Cooperstown. The last thing you want is to get caught up in this unfortunate uh, coincidence. And the unfortunate coincidence is but the Mets have been hit 19 times, 19 times. That's far more than any other team. I chatted with my friend Buck Showalter after the game yesterday, and he goes, Greg, do you know how many times our players have been hit above the shoulders since spring training? And I go, well, Buck, I know you did the math. So go ahead and tell me how, what, what, what is that number. And he goes, 15 times. 15 times he's had players hit in the head or the neck area, above the shoulders since spring training started. That's, that's, that is ridiculous. I don't know why they have a target. I'm trying to tell them I think it's an unfortunate coincidence. And that, those things do happen. They do. But I can understand why Nolan Arenado doesn't want to get caught up in all that. This is a Hall of Fame player. This is how special he is. And, yeah, you're going to get furious when a pitch gets thrown up by your face because this young guy wants to get patted on the butt by his teammates for doing the right thing in their dugout. I understand why they retaliated. I understand why Nolan Arenado got upset. But the other thing that we're not paying attention to is who is to blame here. It's not the baseballs. Everybody wants to talk about that. Yeah, they should probably be rubbed up better to take more time doing that. But the, the front offices created this beast. There was a checklist back in the 80s, and Randy, you could attest to this. Uh, when you wanted to break into the big leagues, there were a couple boxes that you had to check off. First off, first off, you have to throw strikes. So you have fastball command. That's the first box you got to check off. The second box you have to check off is, did you get anybody out? Did you have any minor league success at all when you were in the minor leagues? And then after that, it's probably secondary pitches. You have to throw more than one, or you're just a failed starter. And then the other one after that is probably, you know, uh, health. Are you a healthy pitcher? Okay, and then velocity and all that stuff. Now the checklist to get into the big leagues. Number one, velocity. Number two, spin rate. Number three, perceived velocity. We don't care if they have fastball command. We don't. So when you have a blend of analytics with how we approach players, I know I'm being long-winded, but I want to get this out. When we sit down in pitchers' meetings, we talk to young guys, and we go, okay, so Pete Alonso, he, he hangs out over the plate. Don't let, it, let him get his arms extended. These, these, these pitcher-catcher meetings to go over the hitters, they're still the same. 
they're looking at holes in batters' approaches. And when the inside part of the plate is a hole, I mean, these guys can't throw strikes in the big leagues anymore. We have more pitchers than ever before. We're allowed to carry more pitchers because of the short spring training. We have guys that are fringy big leaguers who are up to the big leagues because they throw the ball harder than they, they, as hard as they can. They have no idea where it's going. And you're, you're telling a right-handed thrower who's got, I, I say thrower, not pitcher, who throws 98 to throw it on the inside part of the plate to brush Yonder Alonso off, to brush Starling Marte off the plate. They don't know where it's going. So this, this is a product. Of, of a front office mistake. This is the approach front offices have taken. They are to blame. How do we fix it? Here's my take. If you hit a guy in the head, that guy that got hit in the head, if he can stay in the game, gets to round the bases, that's a, that's a home run. It's a run. If you hit a guy in the head, it's a run. Not everyone in the dugout is going to look at you and go, what the hell did you just do? You just us a run. If there's a run at stake, don't give me this thing, Harold – Reynolds keeps saying, uh, oh, you should suspend the pitcher. Why? The, the, the Tampa Bay Rays went through more pitchers than any team in the big leagues last year and helped Kevin Cash get manager of the year. All these, you know, obscure, dead ball, dead brain heavers who are in the game throwing it as hard as they can, spinning it as hard as they can. If they hit a guy in the head with the bases loaded on a 3-2 pitch and he gets tossed from the game, do you think the Tampa Bay Rays are crying over that? They're going to bring up somebody tomorrow, and they'll replace him in a blink of an eye and not care. But if you, if you actually give the other team a run, now we've now we got to sit down and talk about pitching inside. Hey, Guys, Greg, you can't lose the game over this. And so to me, we have to think outside the box. I, I think we also – you brought up a great point about pitchers. Let me localize this a little bit. Andre Pallante has thrown 32 minor league games. Jordan Hicks threw 37 minor league games. Ryan Helsley threw 82 minor league games. Those are the those aren't innings. Those are the, uh, the those are the games that those guys pitched in. And probably, uh, well, Hicks was a starter in the minors, but certainly not enough innings to develop that sort of command that is necessary at the major league level. I think, and this is just to localize things. I'm sure every team does it this way. There's got to be a greater emphasis on developing that command. 100%. But you remember the spring training when Jordan Hicks was, was handpicked by Yadier Molina after catching a side session. And Yadier was like, this kid's got the best fastball in the entire organization. we got to bring him to the big leagues. I mean, other players understand the beast that was created by front offices. They, they, they completely do. And the, the idea that uh, the baseball is the problem, it's not accurate. I was talking to officials from the league office. Uh, it, it is an unfortunate coincidence that the Mets are getting plunked as much as they are. There, there were more batters hit by pitches last year to the first 20 games than there are this year. And that's a fact. The other aspect to this is strikeouts are down. Walks are down. The ball is in play more than ever before. So if you're going to pick the baseball as the problem, I don't think that's it. If you're going to say, uh, well, we need to give pitchers sticky substances again. Look at the upper echelon of pitchers going into the year. They're still having success. You could point to Garrett Cole, who is probably one of the more egregious substance users of the baseball, that he's not. But your Max Scherzers are still dominating the game. You've got aces. Robbie Ray looks great. Last star was amazing. You've got guys that, that are still doing it, and they're not complaining about the baseball. I do not think we need to add sticky substances to baseballs again. 
and for Al Leiter, my friend, to say that it's not messing with the integrity of the pitch to have a better uh, grip on the baseball and to hear Yonder Alonso go, oh, really? Because I was facing sliders at the end of my career. He retired a year and a half ago. They were starting at the left field foul line and breaking to the back foot. He's like, it is the integrity of the pitch. These guys had so much stuff on baseballs, it was unfair to hit against them. So I think we're talking about something that's an unfortunate coincidence. I understand why the Mets are mad. I understand why Nolan Arda was really upset. But it seems like the ball's in play more. We just have a bunch of pitchers that don't know where it's going because that's going to get them promoted. Not minor league innings, like you say, not minor league ERA, but how is your velocity? How hard do you spin that baseball? And those RPMs will keep your butt in the big leagues. Greg, I want to talk about the Mets holistically because even though they've started to bring in new talent in recent years, there there was always some drama or something that would get in the way. The Mets always found a way to met things up. But now they're sitting there at 14 and 6. They're first in the NL East. And anything that I hear coming out of them is talking about an identity. They're looking forward to the playoffs. They're talking about the end of the season. It just feels like the Max Scherzers and Buck Showalters, those additions have really helped change the culture within the Mets. Do you agree? I completely agree with you, Michelle. And it's so great to watch a man remind an industry that managing the role of managing is not just dealing with the media. And that's what Buck Showalter is doing. I'm a a dear friend. I've enjoyed working with him during his time at MLB Network. No one watching a game with Buck Showalter is one of the weirdest things I've ever done in my life. (laughs) I'm going to give you an impression of Buck Showalter. This is this is what it's like watching a baseball game with Buck Showalter. Hey, Greg, you notice that, that patch of grass right there in front of the dugout? You see that patch of grass right there? It's a little longer than the rest of the grass on that diamond. Have you noticed that before? Pay attention to that patch of grass. Next time you watch a game in San Diego, that patch of grass is going to be longer than all the other grass. Why is that, Buck? Well, that's for you to figure out. I'm just letting you know. They, they, leave, they leave that patch of grass. Longer than all the other grass. You just pay attention next time you watch a game in San Diego. That is exactly what it's like <laughs> watching a, a game with Buck Showalter. He sees things that you've never seen before, and you don't even know why it matters, but it does to him. He also asks questions of you that he knows the answers to. So you always feel like you're, you're being grilled. You're on the spot, right? And, and, and this is what he does to his, his coaching staff. He always wants the competitive edge. Watching the game the other night where Nolan Arenado airmailed the ball from third base and then Gallegos didn't get over to cover, a complete disaster in the night. And they kept cutting over the SNY broadcast to Buck Showalter. And he was on the top step on every pitch, still grinding, chatting with his guys. There's a never give up. And, and I think of people who are the best at what they do in any industry. When you're so good at your job that you don't care about what you're doing, you're fixated on everyone else. You're a true leader. And that's what Buck Showalter is. There are a lot of managers who are trying to figure it out. They're trying to survive every inning. Am I messing this thing up? Do I have the right guy up in the bullpen right now? Should I be pinch hitting for this player? He is. A, he doesn't worry about what he's doing. He's perfect at what he's doing. He knows his craft. He's bringing managing back to the forefront. Alex Cora did that in Boston. Look what happened when Alex Cora was out with COVID. They lost four straight games. He's back. They win. It's what they. It's what great managers do, and it's important for the industry. We need to see guys like Buck Showalter thrive. 
I was just going to ask you that, Greg, because it seems like the trend in recent years has been in to bring a young guy in who's just going to agree with the front office, work in concert with the front office. But we're seeing a shift now, I think, with managers, and we're, we're getting reminded of the importance of a good manager and letting a manager manage the game. Leadership matters in sports. It does. Even when you're dealing with multi-million dollar athletes, yeah, to have a guy who has a great college baseball program and all these kids look up to him. Well, you know, it's that, that's a different animal. Buck Showalter, if he walked onto the campus of University of San Diego, they'd all freak out and listen to him. But it's a different, different ball game when you walk into a clubhouse and you got Robinson Cano, who's made over $300 million in his career. What makes Robbie Cano at the end of his career, who's been popped for PEDs twice, want to listen to Buck Showalter? Well, Buck Showalter walks in cares about everybody he's fixated about your game but he also has that authoritative edge he's watching every aspect of the game like i said he watches the grass grow as well (laughs) when you know you're playing for a guy who does his job at the highest level you truly lead and that is what buck does and and like that's why i pull for my friend joe girardi he's been in the game for a long time in philadelphia these are guys that, that are reminding us that this stuff matters. I pull for Chris Young in Texas. I want to see former players in front offices do well. Sam Fold in Philadelphia. I want those guys as GMs to do well because we need more baseball people back in those spots instead of numbers crunchers. And those are not the kind of guys that are going to give us the product on the field that we had in the 1980s when I fell in love with the game. Hey, Greg, one more thing. There is a prevailing thought process here in St. Louis that the Cardinals should find a way to not have DeYoung or Sosa as the starting shortstop, move Edmund to shortstop, and bring up Nolan Gorman to play second base. He's played 91 games at second base at the minor league level. And my argument is that the Cardinals are this way because of their bad defense, the years they didn't make the playoffs. So I want to get your take on that. Would you bring up Gorman, who's raking at AAA, and get his bat into the lineup and move Edmund to short and probably take a step back defensively so that you can enhance the lineup a little bit? It's inevitable. It's inevitable. This is the future of the St. Louis Cardinals this year. Gorman will be at second base. Tommy Edmund's going to be playing short. And if you ask me, that vibe has affected the psychology of the two players that wanted to grab that starting spot. I think Edmundo Sosa and, and Paul DeYoung see the writing on the wall. Uh, they were given a short window of time to impress before this move gets made, but they got this sense in spring training. The, all the local media, everybody was talking about Gorman's on his way. He's going to be playing second base. You have R and out locked up forever. So this is the future spot for him. And Tommy Edmund just essentially solidified this idea by the way he's been swinging the bat. He's been outstanding this year for the Cardinals. So this is inevitable. And I guess the saving grace would be, uh, you have the best defensive third baseman right next to him. So he can creep up the middle. I think Tommy Edmund is not a a, a defensive liability. It's short. Um, Yeah. His arm is not, what normally profiles as a shortstop arm. We've seen the Cardinals win world championships with guys that couldn't throw the ball across the diamond without one bounce. So I think this is the inevitable move. Gorman's going to be playing in the big leagues. Everyone's excited to see what he can do. His bat's going to prevail. We shall see if he, if he takes a hold of second base because, again, we're limiting shifts next year. So he's going to really have to prove that he can cover the ground at that position for that to be his long-term home. But 
if he can, if he's hit, I've been paying attention to his numbers in the minor leagues. If he continues to swing the bat like this, people will be like, let me tell you something about Nolan Gorman's defense. He can sure hit. And that's all people care about in the big leagues. And I think you might see that. But this is inevitable. I think the writing's on the wall. The Young and Sosa have a limited amount of time left as shortstops for the Cardinals. Are you playing any golf today? 20-mile-an-hour winds today in New Jersey. Yeah. It's really frustrating because there's not a cloud in the sky, 53 degrees. But I went out yesterday, and it was the same kind of wind, and my hat blew off. And imagine I've had hair. And my hat's yeah, blowing yeah. off. I'm not having any fun playing 18 holes if my hat hair is on display for five of them. So I think I'm going to pass, Randy. I'm going to pass. What if, what if it was 65 and you had the wind? I'm not showing off my hat hair to anybody. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> if it's over 15-mile-an-hour winds, it could be 85. I'm not interested, Randy. Nah, too windy? Not for me. We know you so well. We appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's what I do on this show. We, we admire that honesty greatly. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Take care, guys. Take care. That's Craig Amsinger, MLB Network. He's got a brand to maintain. It's all about the hair, I really, at the end of the it. day. I really respect it. He stays true to himself and the brand. <laughs> He's the best. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.